Is there theme music? I do have theme music. Can we hear the theme <coughs> music? No, only in the final product. Okay. <laughs> this would help me know what character to play. Also, oh. it would help me contextualize. And recontextualize. All right. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Can we focus now? <laughs> okay, okay. It's gonna be hard, it's man. Like, you're talking to two people that are like. I know. I've been warned. Really Who warned this is, this you? Is my Give Everyone us in this school. Oh, okay. This is this is my escape right here. This yeah. is my two hours to shine. The rest of the week, I'm just buried in stuff. You know, deep I'm, in the shit. I'm okay. deep deep in the shit all the time, and <laughs> this is my time <laughs> to okay. to emerge from those layers. Okay, I can. From you're the like subconscious. an onion. You've got layers. The deep pool of despair. This is not going to be emo hour. No, no. The deep <laughs> pool is also great. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. How, okay, I got to start an introduction first. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my final episode of uh, Danish and Confused. I have with me today two guests from Canada and from... Sorry, are you from New Zealand or Australia? You can decide. Okay. Australia. Australia. <laughs> really? Am yeah, I right? Yeah, okay. 50-50. Oh, God. Now I really don't know where you're no, from. No, no, no. It's Australia. Australia. Okay. Um. Yeah. Hello. To my left, uh, Matt Choboder. Hi. Hello, hello. Hello. And to my right, Callum Builder. Hello. 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 How are you guys doing today? I'm great. I'm coming from uh, a great shift at a restaurant that I um, highly adore. Great. You guys work at the same restaurant, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's not. <laughs> you're not being questioned. Sorry, <laughs> old old habits. We do work at the same restaurant. Okay. We make sandwiches together. Great. You make sandwiches and music together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes at the same time. That's amazing. That creates real friendship. Mm. Um, you're two great composers. I've heard some of your work. Uh, recently, your mess. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. We'll start with you. Hello, Callum. Hello. But uh, who are you? Who am I? Yeah. Hmm. I am a person who is living in Denmark. I'm from Australia. Mm -hmm. I play saxophone. I've been here for three and a half years. Maybe coming. We, have we been here for four years? Matt and I arrived at the same time. You three guys didn't years. know each other before that? No, but some oh, cool. people think I'm Canadian because I think I hang out with Matt. And, um, and people who hang out with Matt are automatically I get called Canadian. Callum sometimes. He's yeah, totally that's also the thing that you should know, that yeah. people confuse our names. Really? Uh, but you don't really have the similar look. That's what we both think, but then people say that we have a similar spirit, yeah. like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Yeah, you have very complimentary characters, I guess. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Sorry, I'm nervous. <laughs> I think there's some cultural references. There's um, we're both from Commonwealth countries with uh, the Queen, uh, the uh, the Queen. How do you guys feel about her? Well, she's not. I can't say anything bad because I don't know. Yeah, you don't. You're apathetic. Yeah, I think like in the 80s, Canada kind of became, in terms of like written documents, more independent yeah. from mm -hmm. from Britain. So I guess. Uh, 
what am I trying to say? Well, I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm trying to say <laughs> I want I, I, I so want to hear this now. I think I, I think I feel quite distant from the, this idea from of being. Queen. When when people say you're from a Commonwealth country, it doesn't actually mm. mean anything to me. Except I don't, her I don't face know is it, on her his coins. You know what I mean? Wow. Whose face yeah. is on your coins, man? Yeah. Lizzie's Elizabeth. Face. Liz. So yes. she's that. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's a presence in in this kind of in symbolic any, sense, but any transaction okay. involving money. So actually, the, the two things that bring you guys together is the queen and we are love for elizabeth <laughs> the queen <laughs> not your girlfriend <laughs> 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 although we both have, yeah we yeah, have, we, we have we yeah, there's mutual, there's a mutual, mutual love friend. yeah sure sure, yeah. sure not on the same level maybe no definitely okay. not the same <laughs> anyway we were talking about you Callum. How, oh yeah who are you i don't want to say who i am how did you end up in denmark why did oh, you choose to come here that's a long story but we have a long time so i wanted to move i have a british citizenship I okay. have British British citizenship. Citizenship. Britishenship. And um, I wanted to study in Europe. And then I had a friend, a, a dear friend who I lived with for a while. Mm-hmm. Andre, you haven't met Andre, have you? No. Matt knows Andre quite well. And um, Andre was talking to me while we were living together at the conservatorium back home, all about going to Europe because I wanted to go to New York, being like the jazz, you know, being 20, 19, 20, mm-hmm. and being like, I want to go to New York. And he was just like, New York shit, man. You know, you've got to go to Europe. They have money <laughs> in Europe. And I was like, oh, and okay. Healthcare. Yeah, and healthcare. I'm just like, you know, the mm-hmm. States is cool, but yep. it's also got its own problems. Fast forward a few years, Andre's dad died, which was super sad, but then left him a heap of money and okay. Andre's half Slovene. And so then Andre mm-hmm. ended up just going, fuck this, I need to get out of Australia. And then lived in, went off and lived in Europe. And then for this like several years, he was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. And I, and, I, and then I'm, I'm talking to him every few weeks. And I said, well, I, I kind of want to go and live in Europe. So maybe you can just like travel around to like the six countries I want to go and live in. And you just tell me what you think. And then he just was like, and then he just was like, okay. So, <laughs> so he then, was kind of like your guinea pig. Yeah. And he's also a tenor sax player. Okay. So like, you know, and he, he kind of, we have similar reference points musically know like mm-hmm. what each other likes we lived each other we lived with each other for ages so then he just went around where's andre now he's 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 living in uh brussels in brussels yeah <laughs> Whoa. connection yeah come full story the full circle yeah. yeah what does he think of yeah. andre's your long lost brother and you're like Whoa. <laughs> no maybe no, no, no. maybe nah we'll have to do a dna test similar nose no. 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 <laughs> no, but but okay. he said he just he just thought Copenhagen was like the hippest place. And you believed him. Yeah. And so that's the kind of the weird thing. I think I don't know how this happened, but then he told me this like 2 years before we moved here, mm-hmm. and I told my wife Shana, and I was like I think we need to move to Copenhagen, and then she's just like I'll think about it. And then we ended up just moving to Copenhagen. She followed you here. Yeah. Wow. It, I mean yeah. <laughs> no, but you're only it. just realizing. This no, but like I think it's quite weird because it's like one thing for like you just to move, but like to like I had to convince my spouse, and like she didn't even really need any convincing. I actually don't really know why she said yes to moving here. Maybe she needed to get out of the country for personal reasons. Yeah, I mean she's from she's from NZ, so I guess it's not like mm. Australia is her. Like she's been there for 10 years, but it's like, it's not like. Okay. So you basically solely have Andre to thank for coming to Denmark. Yeah, totally. Do you want to do a a shout out? Oh, he knows. He knows. He's listening right now. Andre, you big piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thanks, man. That's, that's all he wants. Mixed signals. No, no, no. Poor Andre. That's beautiful. That's how we say thank you in Australia. Oh. To, to waiters, to to your friends. To your kids. To your kids. Okay. Yeah. Strange country. Yeah. But thanks. It's I feel like down. I already know you a lot better now. Yeah. Thank you for the introduction. Cool. Let's move on to the no other problem. side of the table. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to give an equally elaborate uh, response? Well, let's see. Matt. Let's see how elaborate I get. What brought me here? I mean, from Canada. From Canada. Vancouver. Vancouver. Yeah, I think um, since I have Swedish heritage, there was always mm. this idea looming in the back of my mind that I was going to spend part of my life in in a Nordic country. Yeah. So I heard about this UJAM program. Uh, I thought about that for some years. I applied. I went did auditions in different Nordic countries, uh, but seemed to be most enthusiastic about this place even yeah. even just from what i'd heard but also just walking through the doors getting mm-hmm. getting some early conversations here yeah, yeah. and all that so family extended family yeah in the province of skone in the southern region of yeah. sweden and what else would be bringing me here it was either here i was just gonna i was gonna stay in montreal and do school then schooling there and it just seemed like it would open up a lot more possibilities to mm-hmm. be part of the european scene so mm. so you did the UJ- ujam program yeah. Okay. And then you started the soloist. And I started program. the soloist. Yeah. Okay. I think part of the appeal was like I knew I could go to I'd go to Paris, I go to Berlin, and then I could be in Copenhagen. Right. So I was thinking to myself, okay, that's a really nice sample yeah. kind of tour, and then I can choose where do I want to live after I finish that. And it became pretty like it, I think it became obvious to me at the end of the two year program. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, making a lot of good friends here, but also yeah. like feeling quite connected to the school and the scene. So I was fairly easy to say okay i'm going to continue with the solace program oh congratulations i heard that it's a pretty tough program to get in but you're both in so that's that's nice about to both be out too oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) that sounded so gangster (laughs) yeah Yeah, no but we're gonna we're leaving soon yeah well me too yeah how do you feel i don't know but you guys are also staying in copenhagen afterwards right yeah are you yep me too cool so Bye. we're all staying in Copenhagen. Yeah, what are we going to do here? Be I, confused. I would like to Very, be. Oh, let's do this so podcast smart. every <laughs> third or fourth week. Yeah, yes, just please. keep tabs. Yeah, just yeah, you know. Don't give me ideas. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could have like a follow-up say like where are those guys now? Callum <laughs> <laughs> and Matt are still working at Bango Jensen. You might only cuz you might only have like 9 minutes of like material to use yeah, after yeah. this session you yeah. might need us for another two or three I you could sample some stuff probably this is gonna take off in levels i can't even imagine yeah. anyway actually a question that i have for you matt yeah a lot of people in the school seem to be doing stuff um in your field of expertise like um prepared pianos and mm. uh, transducer stuff mm. can you tell me a little bit more about that about my practice or yes. I mean in terms of preparations I'm really into metallic preparations <laughs> I thought you were mm. going to say Metallica Metallica <laughs> I really thought you were going to say I'm really into Metallica <laughs> I was like well, yeah. really into Metallica <laughs> <laughs> it could be keep going I mean I just could. pretend I'm not here you're making it very hard for me not to like basically play a character that is is fictitious like I really <laughs> want to go into a fictitious yeah. character I'm, I'm backing off you can hear it <laughs> I can alright <laughs> oh, the, church, the church reverb. Take now. your yeah. headphones off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Face the wall. <laughs> oh, go, go, go. Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. But, but we're ta- Yeah, for the broader audience who don't really know stuff about prepared pianos and transducers, yeah. talk to me like I'm a child. So, okay. For me, when I put 
objects or things into the um, piano, mm-hmm. because basically that is what a preparation is. It's yep. something that interferes with the natural resonance mm-hmm. of a string on a piano. So when I put something into the piano, whether it's on a string or if it's mm-hmm. just inside on the, pi- on the soundboard or whatever it might be, for me it's like um, it's an invitation to curiosity and it's an invitation to accessing some sort of like childlike um, part of my mind mm-hmm. where I, I ask, okay, what if, you know, what if I do that? What if I put that metallic preparation or magnet or that screw or that piece of elephant snot oh, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, that piece of wood there, you know, often between a string? What does that do for the sound? So I, it always it starts with a curiosity. And then from that curiosity, you, I'm building up a repertoire of different extended sounds. And then the more experience um, you get with them, the more that you can creatively kind of combine them. That was a sound. Yeah, that was a Mm -hmm. sound. So uh, I would say that that is like the impetus behind like deciding Mm -hmm. to put preparations in the piano. And are you always finding new sounds or is there like one day where you'll be like, well, I've pretty much heard them all now. No, it'll it'll never stop, and it's every new session I have with someone, unless it's a really shitty, boring session, is always gonna bring out something, something new. What are you laughing about? <laughs> no, he just kept looking over at me. Unless it's like a real shitty, <laughs> shitty time with some <laughs> shitty musician. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. And, um, and it doesn't matter about the instrument either. I mean, I, actually, for me these days, the the more detuned or the more old or the more yeah. like um, messed up the instrument is, is actually helping me in becoming creative and accessing this kind of curiosity yeah. because you have to deal with an added basically like an added um, surprise maybe yeah, you could yeah, say yeah. Yeah. I remember um, once trying the piano that's in the room here and it was a surprise to me because it was it sounded to me like weird yeah. because it was not in the, the tuning the yeah. what's it called I had changed temperature clavier blah 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 tuning yeah. equal temperament equal temperament thank you very much yeah. but um, why did you detune or retune alternated the yeah. tuning on that piano um, what were you trying probably to do? If, if, if honestly it's probably be, uh, in the sa- for the same reason that I started to prepare the instrument is because mm-hmm. I became curious about yeah. the things that were very fixed about my instrument and maybe you could say that the piano is the most fixed and the most quintessentially western instrument and it's in specifically it's so fixed in terms of pitch right like yeah. even a guitar can you know, has a lot of flexibility so for me to have an instrument that's so fixed was a severe limitation and so it seemed just natural to explore how I could move away from that and to also yeah. now encourage um, hopefully what I'm going to try and do in the future is to encourage others to also be open to doing it uh, whether yeah. it's young children or whether it's like colleagues or whatever just to mm-hmm. to start a dialogue about why are we always stuck in one tuning system I think it's actually a very important question for musicians in this day and age to ask and I know it's it's definitely being asked in more of the electronic scene but um i think in in terms of like acoustic instruments and specifically Mm -hmm. acoustic pianos it's not being asked it's seen to be too cumbersome and um it's you know we have we have very fixed ideas about what a piano should be and i I Mm want to loosen that up basically in our culture mainly then in our culture yes 
but also in other parts of the world, like mm -hmm. in, for instance, um, Egypt, why is there, why are there pianos in equal temperament when they have these beautiful macams, yeah. these beautiful systems that are, that are much more subtle and, and rich, or at least I'm not, it's not to say that equal temperament is better or worse than, than another system. It's just one of many options. Yeah. And um, I think uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's directly applicable to Western, the Western audience, the yeah. piano, but also to other places in the world that have imported the piano, which is virtually everywhere, I think, mm -hmm. these days. When you compose, do you guys work in uh, DAWs? Mm, not so much anymore. Because I'm, I'm curious to hear about if you think that's, like you said, limiting, because it's also fixed in a certain temperament. I mean, I I like to hear what Calum would say to that. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I for me, I don't have a lot of experience in in DAWs. So right but off, yeah. you can have, but you have it, a lot of flexibility too, right? Don't you? Yeah, you but you're always the, stuck in in one mode. You can change right. the tuning on stuff though. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Shibota. I mean, okay. he he, he <laughs> made how how do you think he came up with the uh, the piano before? Yeah, I mean, I should no? say that like I started in don't this pro. Away your secrets, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, there's a lot of like, <laughs> there's a lot of plugins now that basically yeah. you can mess around with, like mm -hmm. the tuning systems and stuff. Yeah. I just messed around in this um, yeah. this program that gave me some some yeah. ability to kind of move around the pitches. But that's I think it's uh, happening more and more, like especially in yeah. DAWs. And but I think for me, it's like it's more interesting to, and and probably for both of us, we're I think we're predominantly like acoustic acoustically minded mm -hmm. composers and instrumentalists I mean yeah. I mean I'm curious what Cal must say but for me specifically it's important to like um, maintain the integrity of my instrument and not mm -hmm. to I could I could easily just have my tuning on um, you know some kind of profit keyboard or something yeah, yeah. And, and that could yield all sorts of cool stuff too but I for me right now it's very important to stay in, in the in the acoustic realm and so yeah, it's, it's like somehow for me it, it, it has to do with embodiment i don't want to play an instrument that's coming from a directional speaker for instance i don't mm -hmm. want to have you know of course there's like alternatives to amplification yeah. but I, I i think there's something very embodied and very organic right about an acoustic acoustically resonating yeah right there in front of you instrument body mm -hmm. yeah no, like that you, you don't have enough uh, uh, you don't have a filter in between yeah it's Isn't more immediate yeah and mm -hmm. much more connected to the sound itself I mean, you were mm. talking about this concert you did where people lay underneath a piano. Yeah. You lay underneath a prophet. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of fucking weird. Yeah. But like, it's like yeah. you lie underneath a piano. It's like there's vibrations and yeah, you yeah, pick yeah. up shit from the floor and, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'll, I'll stop very soon because I've been talking for a while. <laughs> no, man, keep but, talking. I want to hear but, more. But yeah, when you talk about this, you don't like, talk to me anymore. <laughs> you don't talk, tell me about this shit anymore, man. I'll go for 40 minutes. We and just you make sandwiches together. <laughs> do albums. That's yeah. all we need to <laughs> know, right? <laughs> sandwiches <laughs> and albums. That's all we do. <laughs> we talk about our feelings. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, but um, the piano, uh, to play a real piano, it, to mm. me, is more embodied than playing a keyboard. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, recently, as Calum was saying, like had the chance to kind of invite people to be all around the instrument, to be underneath it. And yeah, and, yeah I was using some transducers. You asked about transducers and yeah. how that works. Maybe we talk about it in a little while if we, if we, <laughs> if we get there. But I think I, I think where I'm moving with, with what I'm doing and with audiences is to interact more and to have them as part of it. And mm -hmm. I think that the keyboard would, playing a keyboard would limit the, uh, the possibilities yeah. for interaction and embodiment so mm -hmm. and it's nice know. if you have the audience walking around and crawling underneath the piano that they 
will probably have the same questions that you have while you were working with the instrument on your own or composing like they will also get that curiosity maybe yeah that's the hope i think that's the hope put that in the research catalog (laughs) that's great yeah i want the audience to have the same questions i have (laughs) that's good on paper how do you compose callum i don't know i mean i i I think before coming here i or maybe actually while i was here i was playing a lot of piano and then i did go through the door phase like the daws oh Door. Yeah, I went through the door. The door, please. <laughs> no, but I, I, I did that for some time. Mm, that was mainly when I was working with things that you can't write on the piano, like more timbre. The more timbral it got, the more the piano became redundant in terms what, what of. What does redundant mean? Like the, the more it became kind of not. It became in, in the way rather than uh, being yep. useful. And now I actually just compose in my head and that sounds really hardcore but it's just it's not like like i think like harmony i i, I always thought with composers i mean of course when you hear like mozart saying mm-hmm. oh you know, you know mozart being able to write out music in real time that's a different skill to what mm-hmm. i have so it's not like i can hear the harmony in my head but you can see i can see a chord and i can see whether it's going to be dissonant or not you know what i mean yeah like we have our ears but we also have like a music theory and we can see if the voice le- you can just see if the voice leading is going to be good you know what i mean i do i don't know if my listeners yeah yeah, do. yeah no no but like you can see if it's going to make sense and then you got to hear it and so like i just and i mean i think it's also the more timbral things get the more it becomes uh i don't know it just becomes easier to just do it in your head and i i, I spend a lot of time imagining like I, I spend a lot of time most of my composition it sounds so fruit loopy but like <laughs> i spend most of my time like doing some sort of pseudo meditation where i just like sit and like meditate but i just go through the piece and then sometimes a piece that you come up with on the spot you know like i have the idea or the oh, concept okay. but like i go through and i just sit there and imagine and then i do like a few different imaginings of the same section and then and maybe i'll have my notepad and if i start getting ideas and i'll just write on my notepad without with your looking. eyes closed yeah yeah and it starts being like looking like it like you know <laughs> like all, all work no play makes johnny a bad boy whatever <laughs> your wife comes boy. in concerned yeah yeah what's going on yeah yeah so you're not afraid no you write it down it's not like these pieces leave yeah, no, sometimes, never come back. I mean, sometimes I've, I have like voice memos on my phone and I'll just put the voice memo on and I'll just talk to myself. And I talk as if I'm like in the first, like, okay, so I'm, I'm hearing the voices singing this. They're starting off on this tone and then, you know. Wow. Yeah. If you want to go super meta, then you should just use that voice memo to yeah. create. Or just release the voice memo. Yeah. <laughs> Statement. Yeah, no, but it's, it, sounds, it sounds way cooler than it actually is. It's not like, I don't think, it's not like a some sort of sign of ultimate progression that now it's all in mm. my head it's just that i think i think i've just got to the point and it's the same with matt doing like the prepared piano at some point the piano like the tonality and the things he felt limited by that you know what i mean and then and it's like mm-hmm. he wanted to go outside and yep. it's just, I'm, I'm presuming you know yeah. and it's yeah. and it kind of had, and it's like at some point i i like i love chords and i love playing piano but at some point it kind of just kept reinforcing this like maybe post jazz ah. cliche that i had in my head okay. of you harmony break and things free from that. yeah and i think i think it's also like when you start thinking about it like this for me then you start thinking about like what the people what people are going to perceive your music as and then you kind of cut out the bullshit i think like i really love building up theories and i love like tonal theories and things but at the end of the day like the audience doesn't perceive that the audience just has like i heard some high pitches that move and then you have yeah. to be like so then you can just be like i, I want a lot of high pitches like 
And then you just and then you go off and compose it with your own tonal theories. That's how I write music. Wow, that was an answer I did not expect. Really? What did you think? I thought like, oh, I just sit behind the piano and I doodle a bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you think of me? <laughs> this interview is fucking <laughs> over. Very high expectations. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's a shame. But that's nice. Maybe I gave up. Maybe we should take that out. I like I like the I like people I like not people not knowing things. It's nice. Uh, is everything here a secret? Like yeah, you can't release secret? any of this. Oh, Our lawyers will, you know, be. Oh, wow. <laughs> Okay, intimidating. <laughs> it's gonna be like a thirteen-year-old kid with like a packed lunch. You can't tell this. Yeah, yeah. Hey, buddy. Scram. Speaking of like limitations in composing and music, like I've heard a lot of people say that, oh, okay, if I limit myself to certain pa- par- parameters, parameters. Both are both. Wow. Then you know that'll allow a creative flow to happen Mm. you guys are talking about breaking limitations so i don't know what's what's your view on that i'm a big fan of limitations of some kind Mm. yeah and i think like i don't know i mean i guess there's different kinds of composition right and different Mm -hmm. kind of composers and some people write when they're really inspired and that's the extent to which they they write they really wait for those moments and then i don't know i think i was more like that when i was younger and, and when i started writing more and had more deadlines and things that i had to write for it became more of just like a practice that happened all the time so so it was less about that and it was more about setting limitations as you Mm -hmm. asked and it's like but you can set all kinds of limitations right and you can still be limitations is actually freedom at the end of it so personally there's a lot of different kinds of limitations i'll set Mm -hmm. depending on the ensemble or like uh, what i want to do but um but how to choose your limitations how to choose uh, i mean or sometimes they choose yeah. you. Yeah. No, but like I mean, you have to write. Like I mean, sometimes you get a commission, or you get I like, like that. Yeah. or you get like, yeah. or you you can only work with you can't work with an eight hundred person choir. You know what I mean? I mean, like right. I mean, you could if, but it would be pretty hard to get everyone. But you know what I mean? Planning like there rehearsals. are that you can you can kind of push it so there are limitations. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I guess yeah. There's basically like external limitations that are put mm-hmm. on you. If for instance you get a commission to write something, or you have to write for that for that performance or yeah. something then there's already external conditions whether you like it or not mm-hmm. there's time yeah there's money exactly mm. these are the limitations that really matter now yeah yeah <laughs> but if you're speaking like strictly about the composing then 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 that might be more internal right and then you can impose that on the music yeah mm. and i mean speaking for myself i i've been studying um or i i would say that in the past i was studying this kind of south indian uh, mm-hmm. classical music quite closely and I still maintain that practice um, in my own way I would say it's kind of expanded on it but that becomes a a big um, restriction for me nowadays so for instance I'll when I'm writing I might come up with like a rhythmic framework and that becomes the structure so all of a sudden I understand that there's a cycle and Mm -hmm. that cycle is basically just a span of time and that span of time needs to be shaped in some way and maybe there's specific rhythmic things that I want to achieve and then all of a sudden that becomes the bedrock of the composition oh i know that it has some kind of rhythmic movement um of course i can bypass that later and i can say to heck with it i'm going to change it i want it five minutes um short you know like shorter or something but that becomes for me like a really important restriction to deal with because then all of a sudden i can be really really creative with the more uh, curious elements of my practice mm-hmm. right now which is working with the prepared piano and the tuning yeah. that becomes really open-ended because mm-hmm. if i have too many open-ended things if i have say the rhythmic side of it and mm-hmm. more of the tone timbral side of it 
completely open ended, then it's too overwhelming, and then yeah. I I never end up with anything, to be honest with you, unless uh, it's a unless it's an improvisation, because improvisation could be composition, right? You can, for instance, what I like to do sometimes is record myself improvising on under a certain in a certain way, and mm -hmm. then that could actually be used, right? That could be a pre recording for something yeah. that you might dialogue with further composition. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so there's like layers, I think, in this in this question, but. But yeah. Do you guys compose for fun? Not anymore. Oh, that's so such a sad. <laughs> but we're gonna, we're gonna. I mean, we'll leave here and oh. we're gonna, we'll get back to being fun again. Like this school no, killed no. you. No, no, no. I think, I think that. Um, no, but yeah, of course, we both. We. I mean, I don't think. I don't know about Matt, but I have a feeling his answer is the same as mine. That like we, I used to compose for fun, like make silly things that were mm -hmm. funny, and now I just have fun composing. And so now everything's for fun, okay. but everything's extremely seriously serious fun now. Serious fun. <laughs> the fun the, no, but the fun becomes the fun is the seriousness. Yeah, yeah. And like how 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 far can I push? And that's this? because you've built up a certain routine and practice, like you said. Yeah. So that sure. Yeah. And <laughs> sure. Whatever. Sure. What did you say? I don't know. I heard somewhere that. Um, or I read it somewhere, I can't remember, that like inspiration has to find you working. Do you guys agree with that? That if you just have a practice of a daily routine of being with your instrument and, I don't know, molding the clay, that eventually inspiration will hit you? I mean, I don't, I don't wait for it, but I think you can like kind of cultivate no. it for yourself yeah but that's what i like, mean like yeah if you want if you want to wait for inspiration that's probably never going to happen but if you just yeah. continue in your craft then yeah. eventually it'll come and you'll find the fun in it i think like you're also fun. relying on emo emotions at least for me are super fickle mm. so like I, i know that i can't you can lean into s to them to a certain degree but like you have to just kind of you know at some point you have to just kind of go with it and i think there's been some I think for all three of us, we've had moments where there's been some recordings we've done where we've thought they've sounded terrible or, or they just, we felt nothing. Mm -hmm. And then you listen back and go, wow, that actually sounds really good. And then the mm -hmm. opposite. I've done recording sessions or written tunes at the time thought this is incredible. Right. Like this is, this is some of my best stuff. Mm -hmm. That was an amazing gig and listen back and go, oh, that sounds horrible. Oh shit. Yeah. But I also think there's something to like, there's a skill in actually cultivating inspiration. Yeah, because you you could just you could just lay back and be like well, you can wait for it, right? But there's also like you can go through a decision making process, or you might say I'm going to do this this week, because you have the experience that you know that certain activities will give you something. They'll yeah. give you a certain energy, whether it's a person or mm -hmm. a thing or an activity. And then from that, like you can you can cultivate your own inspiration. So like for instance, it might you might you might uh, like I was just talking to PJ, one of my friends around here that we all know. What are your friends? Eh? Yeah, well, <laughs> he said he doesn't even know you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, P P yeah, PJ is cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but as you know, right? Like I'm just yeah, talking yeah. about swimming, oh, and yeah. and like I imagine that that hit that uh, cultivates something for him, right? And yeah. I don't know what exactly what it does, but when I when I <laughs> That's swim, personal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but when I go swimming, like I have yeah. a very specific state of mind and that like yeah that will cultivate something yeah. um and it could be highly creative yeah yeah knowing your good times of the day and stuff like this too i think and also you're talking about imagination earlier yeah uh, as a part mm -hmm. of the because you can actively choose that as part of your compositional process i i also mm -hmm. share that with cam like i spent a lot of time yeah. doesn't matter the place just yeah. actually processing what i want to do 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it could be virtually anywhere, right? Yeah. But but actually, I mean, you never count it. But there are like there must be hundreds, thousands of hours that you don't record them on paper, where you're filtering through something that's compositional. Mm-hmm. And I think there's actually more work that goes into composition outside of the actual writing and yeah, all that. Yeah, that yeah. You know, just this, and it's that has to do with the subconscious, and that has to mm-hmm. do with like finding out, finding things in while you're sleeping, and and like yeah. somehow like piecing together something the next day from from what you experienced previously. And um, but then, but just choosing to like to be in the imagine imagination process, like mm-hmm. choosing just to sit down and oh. be calm and contemplative. I think is is like very important. Oof. Can you do that in, in this too. modern world? Choose to be calm and contemplated. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. If, I think it often requires a quieting of the mind, and that might have to do with you know, mm-hmm. that might relate to activities that lend itself to that walking yeah. in places where there aren't so many people and so mm-hmm. forth. But I think <laughs> it's also interesting that kind of everything that we're talking about. I mean, we're talking specifically about music and composing music, yeah. but I think it's also applicable to any kind of art form like painters or sculptures or anything or any problem problem solving yeah even problem solving i guess power of imagination yeah use your mind (laughs) what is your um, most treasured musical uh memory Hmm. You need hmm. some time to think. I have something. You have something? Yeah. Wow. It's very yeah. Is, it, is it this moment right now? <laughs> Friendship. Friendship. Yeah. I mean, it, it, hit, it hits me whenever I get a question, something similar. Okay. This I haven't met. Yeah. But it basically it might sound cheesy, but for me, it, it has to do with um, growing up with music, like with my mom um, and her playing, you know, this kind of post-romantic music when I'm really young. And um the, the the interesting or mysterious part of it is I don't know when those those memories started, but uh, I'm led to believe that they actually started um, prenatally. So, oh, yeah. wow. um, okay. for the reason that like I remember I have these really early, early childhood memories of like Chopin, like mm-hmm. certain like nocturnes and these kind of intermezzos and things like this. And my mom will say when I when I tell when I ask her about it, she'll be like, well. I only played that song for a specific period of time, and you weren't born yet. You and I was pregnant with you. And uh, I mean, of course, there—it's a long time, and maybe she's, you know, she's off with her timeline. But uh, she's pretty specific with like what when she played when what? when she played what. And so it leads me to believe that there probably was some kind of yeah. very early memories. Um, and that to me is really mysterious. And I've I've wow. thought I've been thinking about that. That's a beautiful but, answer. Your memories prenatal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Memories of a memory. It's nice. Wow. So those are far and away like the most powerful um, musical memories that I can carry with me. What what piece? Mm-hmm. Do you know in what piece it is? I can't. When I yeah, I like I can't. Nocturnes. It's more of like the the a- the ambiance of like if I were to think of the, the actual melody right now, that would that would be difficult for me. I'd have to like I think I would have to like. Uh, it's more of like a feeling. It's more of like a a certain like style. And Chopin has a very specific yeah, way yeah, of expressing yeah. himself. It's very like whimsical. Lots of lots of notes and. Yeah, there is there is an inclarity there, but there's like there's a very specific aesthetic that that I can remember that so. activates that yeah. nostalgia. That's yeah. beautiful. What about you? <laughs> no, I have no <laughs> prenatal memories, okay. and I'm not claiming that it's prenatal. But it's no, m- you it's should. M- it's, it's a fascination. Just claim it. Cut it's this out. Cut this out. No. <laughs> Any recantation yeah. of the. I know. mean, I'm I'm not sure of it. Yeah, it has to be prenatal. <laughs> it's gonna be fact checked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Call up my mom. Let's right get, here, right let's now. Let's get your mom on the line. This is your life, Matt Shibota. Now you gotta follow up that memory. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I think 
All I can say is that I think when I was younger, that my musical memories were tied to people. And at some point it changed. So now that my musical memories are more about me and just this like experiencing things by myself Does that makes sense i think i was i was way more extra i know like i seem extra way, uh, way more extra, more extra extroverted uh, okay young when i was younger i think that like a lot of the cool music moments were with people but now it's like i think that like there's something very spiritual for me about like like i've been doing a lot of stuff with organ like the oh, organ yeah, church yeah. organ yeah and there's something about like uh, standing in front of this like kind of huge instrument that's like the size of this room. Mm -hmm. This room is huge, by the way. <laughs> all the, can't you hear all the reverb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the room, room, the room is really big. Yeah, big. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, but it's like um, and just like having this like thing kind of breathe on you and feel like it's almost like a monster or something, and like mm -hmm. having this like um, like when I was working recently with this organ piece like a few months ago. Like I was forgetting to eat and like, uh, like I was like maybe having like eight hour sessions straight just without with doing yourself any yeah just like me and the organ and saxophone <laughs> and there was wow. something about like just playing saxophone and feeling like I'm part of this huge instrument and I would just put on a drone like I just get these like yeah. Danish uh, sangbol like uh, you know these like songbooks and just put them on like the keys and wait, the pedals wait, wait, what is that like just the books and just put them on the keys uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and just yep. weigh down the keys so there's be this big drone mm -hmm. and then i'll just pull the voices while playing saxophone so wow. they, and so it'd just be like this shifting thing and i think there's just something i don't know that's mm -hmm. like a recent memory and i don't think i'm going to forget this stuff that that's the type of stuff that keeps me going i think mm -hmm. But I don't have any prenatal memories, <laughs> which I, I think is so beautiful. So I got that round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got well, that round. Well, we got one prenatal, yeah. we got one postnatal, postnatal, during natal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I'd like to uh, move on to some music, actually, because I don't know if you remember, but I asked you to bring some music. No. Yes, I did. <laughs> I didn't bring any. Did you pick some stuff for us? No, you were supposed to pick stuff for me. Do you remember bringing anything? I, I've sent her some stuff because yeah. she asked. I don't for remember. It. What did, What did you want? Like our music I or gave something you a else? Description. Music from anywhere you've traveled or lived or anywhere mm. that you have a story or connection with. Yeah, I can. I can get, totally give you something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but because Should you I send it by mail or like the, uh, the CD, or you want the. Like I could send the vinyl in the mail, or you yeah, want, that sounds like, great. Then maybe it'll arrive. And yeah, I I can give you some stuff. But uh, because you didn't understand the assignment, we're gonna start with Matt. That's all right. <laughs> it's gonna be an hour or so now. I got a lot yeah. of music to go through. Yeah, yeah. So this piece, if I'm pronouncing it right, I think it's Tungilila Symphony, uh, by Tarantula. by Olivier Messiaen. I'm hoping I'm not butchering that. Okay. But uh, Messiaen. Messiaen. Yeah, you're. Messiaen. You speak French. It's Messiaen. Okay. You don't know Messiaen. Olivier Messiaen. I know him, but I didn't. I, I never said the you name don't out know loud. Him? He teaches here. What? <laughs> 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 anyway, what's uh, the story? What's the story? I think this place reminds me of Paris. So I spent seven months in Paris, like okay. a year or two ago now. Before and Copenhagen. Yeah, this was before um, coming coming okay. back to. Uh, actually, it was right after I had left Copenhagen for the first time, mm, okay. and um, being transported into Paris and specifically at the Conservatoire de Paris, which is this. Kind of this this famous place this, with all these people, you know, these iconic figures like Debussy and Messiaen actually oh. st also studied there. Fouet is there. There's a lot of um, a lot mm -hmm. of the impressionists and post-impressionists were there. And yeah. anyways, so you have this kind of you have not only this this intense city with all this historical intense value. City. And, and, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> intense city. In city tense, like intense cities. C intense cities intense? of cities intense. 
Yes. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah. You have you have kind of this um, it almost well in a, in a different way than New York. You have this kind of place that is just absolutely buzzing and mm. especially uh, creatively in Arsenal, right? Yep. And then you have this conservatory, which is just it brings a very almost imposing impos- energy, uh, like very mm. just people there walk around, you know, and they have sharp elbows and they're like, ah, okay. and so it's a very uh, it can be an intimidating place. Yep. And um, and I had the opportunity to write a piece for. The orchestra, the school orchestra, and that was an intimidating uh, proposition for me at the time. And, and, and so I turned to this piece, this Tungalila from Sanger, right? <laughs> and it kind of became uh, the central piece, central piece for my, um, in terms of um, generating inspiration. We we're talking about inspiration uh-huh. earlier. Um, in terms of like the orchestral color, but also in terms of how he thought about rhythm and also the way mm-hmm. he's blending things together and yeah. the counterpoint he gets through all of these dense rhythmic layers. So I think um, this uh, this piece kind of epitomized, epitomized my musical journey in Paris for the seven months that I was there. So that's can, a good introduction. We can start yeah, there. Let's listen to it. will fade out how do you think messian would feel about that not cool. that like in this world we have youtube like firstly we would have to explain youtube to him which i don't know how he would feel about that mm. and then like we were just doing a podcast about your work and we we're gonna fade it out 
Wow, to discuss <laughs> it. Don't think you would like that. That ending is pretty uh, intense. Yeah, it kind of just, uh, there's something in the spirit of the piece that encompasses my, the intensity of my experience of being in Paris and also mm. being really sleep deprived a lot of the time and, oh. and actually kind of an insomniac and okay. being in this school that has a kind of a, kind of a forbearing, like, um, yeah. character to it. So like, uh. Um, but this piece was, uh, yeah, it was really inspiring to what mm. what I ended up writing for in, in terms of the orchestra, the orchestra and the orchestration. And there's something about um, the coloring that uh, that stays yeah. with me. There's something about the the movement of the voices. There's something. It has a very nightmarish yeah. vibe to it. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and mm. I've noticed with um, some of the feedback I've gotten from some music that I'm putting out and even music that hasn't been put out is that there is also this character of like being kind of tormented a little bit yeah. or and I think uh, that has that has something to do with this like lack of sleep and this 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 insomniac kind of experience mm -hmm. that not all the time but in yeah, in periods happens. like large periods of time actually but especially in in Paris and in some of the other cities where I was in mm. previously is like a lot of problem sleeping and so therefore yeah. your experience becomes very heavy and you you get that through the music and i connected mm -hmm. to that with the music mm -hmm. um and then there was just a lot and lot uh, there was just cer certain things that i found that i that i had in common with him in, in terms of the way that he was express wanting to express the yep. ways that these different melodies can come together or yeah. the, you know he's opening my eyes to these new these new sounds there's this um, new instrument this on his mat no and so this is basically yeah. this this don't quote me quote me exactly on how it works because i haven't i haven't like yeah. studied up close but like you know you can use your hand and you, it's basically an like electronic instrument that kind of like it's kind of like a theremin it's right kind of but, like but, but, a but theremin, it's with like yeah. but isn't it with like um there's like a string and there's like a needle and you move the needle to the pitches it's yeah. like a controlled oh. theremin in a yeah. way but maybe an early theremin. Yeah, it becomes it becomes very gestural, basically, mm -hmm. like the character, is, and and you you hear it at times yeah. a little. It's um you might miss on the first hearing, but it's this kind of this like ghost like uh, brings yeah. this kind of spooky yeah. ghost like thing, and I think that like in, in the piece that I wrote following was it, I used this, these uh, actually this the siren uh, for mm -hmm. in the percussion system, and it was this. That must have been super loud. It was, but in the context of the full orchestra, on well, that is my ringtone. <laughs> you just doing that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It actually, bl it was really loud, but it, it blended. And yeah. but I guess that was wow. that was my yes. response to it, right? Now, like trying to yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. mimic that in some way, not mimic mm. but transform it. And I think like now I'm thinking about how it relates to my current practice. I think yeah. it's like I think it has to do with like the way I see my instrument now, which is mm -hmm. trying to see it as kind of an ensemble of different colors and. So this piece is very inspiring for, for, for the fact that it, it gives you all these kind of new shades and new, new color combinations. And so, I mean, that's another area of interest for me. It's like, mm. okay, like how can I get that effect? But with the piano and with preparations, you know, yeah. metal on strings, basically. As part of your catalog. Yeah, I mean, it's just abstractly. I'm just yeah. thinking on the spot now, like what this, mm -hmm. what this piece means to me. But I, I think the most inspiring thing is just the, the mood that it sets for me. Yeah, yeah, very imposing, and that at the time I, I, it really made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Do you have any um, musical heroes? Me, Matt. Well, I don't want to assume, but it sounds like Messiaen is a pretty big inspiration for you. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I wouldn't call him a musical hero because I, I, I admittedly like I don't know his catalog well enough. I would yeah, want yeah. to sp spend a lot more time with his music because he wrote so much music for all sorts of different things. A lot of music for organ, for instance, like yeah. a lot mm -hmm. of church music and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that music 
thoroughly enough to, to you know kind of comment on it and make yeah. a general assumption but I would I would say though like if, if we were just to stay focused with with uh, the spirit of that of that school I was describing the conservatoire mm-hmm. Paris some of the I mean some of those impressionist composers yeah. l- specifically Ravel was a really really important inspiration for me especially yeah. as a piano player it's how I learned how to play jazz actually through Ravel was, when nice. I when I was going to when I went to jazz school actually mm-hmm. there were years where or at least at the beginning where I wasn't really into jazz that much because mm-hmm. I was coming from more more of a classical upbringing because of my mother and stuff especially with chords and how to make chords uh, yeah. my angle was like listening to composers like Ravel because really there's so many there's a link there there's yeah. a link there there's like a mm-hmm. vocabulary that's that's shared so mm-hmm. and there's a lot of uh, jazz musicians and yeah. Bill Evans for instance right would, would be the f- first person comes to mind in terms of someone who's really inspired by you know the impressionist school or like the classical tradition for generating chord vo- chordal vocabulary so so just off the top of my head and thinking French you know conservative prairie like mm-hmm. I think I think Ravel Ravel and I think that, it is piano thing. piano music uh, yeah. like La Tombeau de Couperin for, for instance yeah, or something like that and I don't know it. I'm sorry. No, I know him. But I don't know. You that. should know it. I'm not going to be as nice as Matt. You okay. should know it. <laughs> Judging a, but there's, there's, no, a, there's no, the no, piano no. and then there's the orchestra. Okay. No, not you should versions. as in you should have. You should you should get to know it. It's I really nice. Okay, okay. You yes. should get to yeah. know it. It's right. really <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. Are you also a rebel then? Then. No, I don't know. Not really. I mean, I'm not not. I just I don't know. I'm a bit of a fan of everything. Okay. That's a very diplomatic answer. Yeah. Yeah, but now that we're getting into your musical realm, do you have a tune for us? Yeah, I've chosen Bernie McGann, 1966, which is an album from 1966, a recording that came out in 2015. And it's by, because Bernie uh, is like an Australian jazz legend. Um, He's an alto player. And he didn't really record an album until he was 50. But there's all these like live, but he, you know, he just yeah. played live and kind of in the jazz way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should listen to it and then we can talk. All right. <laughs> Thank you. 
but yeah, they're really swinging, and he's got a really distinctive like way of phrasing. Yeah, he's wow. only 29 there, and I always felt so. Bernie died in 20. What was it? September 18, 2013, and I remember I was calling him up. I, I never, I mean, I got to meet him. him a couple of, I didn't got to meet him a few times, but like I called him up, I, like mm -hmm. a friend of mine, the repair guy in where I was living, he was kind of friends with Bernie and he was like, you need to call Bernie. So I called him up and it was like the last time I think I've ever called like a, a home line, you know what I mean? <laughs> and his girlfriend would answer and I'd be like, hey, is, is, is Bernie it, home? Yeah, is Bernie home? Yeah, I'll go. And then he would just like, uh, we would just talk and, um, but yeah, he's 29 here and I think like I'm 30 now. And I remember when I first heard this, I was like, I remember this is the, like, I remember I was uh, hearing that this album was going to come out and I was like 24 when the album came out and like feeling like, whoa, I need to have this album. And like having this like real, uh, I think it was like the time where I, I like I bought a vinyl player just so I could have it because I only released it on vinyl. And so, and now, now it's online because people just upload stuff. <laughs> but I think Bernie would have liked that. How Bernie. well did you know him? We didn't, didn't know him that well. I, I mean, like, I, I talked to him maybe, like, I don't know, quite a few times on the phone. But every phone call would last, like, 40 minutes to an hour. Wow, but how he, did you get his landline? This guy, this repair guy, the horn repair guy, <laughs> gave it to me. And I, I just called him up. I remember he, he, he's, like, he's, like, the quintessential Australian, the sound of Australia. Like, he practiced on the cliffs in Bundina, which is, like, uh, near my hometown. Shana and I, my wife, we would, like, go there every year, and I would go and practice on the cliffs like Bernie hoping to meet him there no 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 he was gone by that point oh, i just like it was just like ghost yeah like i mean like he's like he, he was like deliver he was like you know in the 70s there was like a, a the beatles had toured australia in 64 mm. and then that tanked all jazz because all anyone ever wanted was like beatles. Uh, you know they all like they all they wanted was like a rock group which is great mm. i love the beatles so then bernie retired like at like the age of like what you know 70 like he's like 30 Mm. and like re retired and moved to this t coastal town called Bandina and just was a postman mm -hmm. and like so like just would deliver the post for this 2000 person town and he would work he would get up at five deliver the post to 11 and then go and practice on the cliffs wow yeah. what a life and he had like leathery skin because you know the sun sun's real messy. he didn't uh, put sun lotion on no one puts sun lotion that's hardcore. <laughs> Jazz musicians don't put yeah. sun lotion on. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, Bernie is like, I think he's like my Jiminy Cricket. If he wasn't from Australia, would you have the same bond with him? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like he was just the first because I mean, I think it's the same with Matt, like, you know, Jazz Conservatorium. And I'm sure you're the same, like, like going to Jazz Conservatorium is quite strange. Yeah. We're playing does. this music that, yeah, I mean, like, what, how do we relate to this music? And, and like, I mean, I listen I listen to a lot of jazz, but like, how do we, how do you find have your own, yeah, how it, yeah. do you find your own voice? Like, I mean, at some point, just being good isn't, that's not cool. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? You need to be more. And for me, Bernie's more. Bernie yeah. is like, uh, mm -hmm. for me, it's just like, he's just like, it's just like, he's the one who had his voice, you know? Mm -hmm. He couldn't do it. No, people didn't like hire him. You didn't, he was like, I think the beginning of this like artist, like non session musician, jazz yeah. musician yeah. in Australia. For me, like, it's like, you know, like jazz conservatorium makes you into this session musician, which mm -hmm. is nothing wrong. A lot of my friends are good session musicians and it's cool. Yeah. But like, but Bernie's an art, like Bernie, you don't hire Bernie to do like, a, you know, to, to be a backing band. You hire Bernie because of Bernie. Okay. Well, he's dead now. But, That's you know, sad. when he was alive. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's a very nice tune. A very uh, 60s uh, atmosphere. Yeah. It's in King's Cross, <clears throat> the cross. Which used to be where all the drugs were. King's Cross, where's that? 
in Sydney. I know nothing of Australian geography. That's all right. Mm. King's Cross is also like London, right? Yeah, I thought of London, which is why I was confused. I have a completely different question now. Um, Do you guys ever sing? Sing what? Yeah, like just sing. Yeah, you you want us to sing something? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just because... Don't give it away for free, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Like composers, you're you're always either behind your instrument or maybe in your head. But do you guys ever use your voice to express music? It's like uh, music is everywhere, right? So like uh, Mm. it doesn't have to be serious. It doesn't have to like have a... I mean, me, (laughs) I sing a lot for for fun you know like yeah. a lot for my girlfriend Elizabeth actually <laughs> but not not uh, consciously it's like yeah. like uh, and it's not that I'm actually it's not really right to say I'm singing for her it's like I just sing in the shower I just yeah. sing yeah. some stupid stuff in the kitchen <laughs> yeah. um, but basically I just I just kind of like improvise with whatever's going yeah. on in my head so it might become something that's very recognizable some yeah. stupid cheesy pop melody from the 80s Same. but it also could be something more abstract where it's like <laughs> three three things that aren't related coming together or it could just be uh, you know like uh, some you know s- yeah. some my own melody or whatever that is yeah, yeah but I definitely like to yeah I think I think uh, there's also like another aspect to this thing where you could say do you, especially when I was learning jazz it was like do you use your voice when you play oh, yeah. the instrument yeah. I guess that's like a slightly different mm-hmm. or related question and that's also very interesting because that was very much like something that was communicated to me by some of my best teachers was like sing make sure <laughs> that you can play what you sing and mm. that's yeah. actually really difficult to do honestly yeah so and I can't claim to have done it for a lot of my practice <laughs> hours to be honest with you but mm. I definitely spent many hours as well trying to do that where it's yeah. like you try to really get your your voice mm-hmm. um, involved, in especially as a piano player, because you're Callum's already. I mean, as an alto player, it's like you're already using your voice. Mm. Whereas, are you? Oh, you know, it's coming. At least it's well, coming out of my yeah. mouth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, same it's, source. At least it's like for it's more in the direction, right? There's air being yeah. released. Whereas yeah. in my context, it's an aerophone. It's, it's an aerophone. You can break it. Whereas yes. you've got like a like a percussion. You're a percussion instrument. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ex- exactly. So for me, it's it is important to do that uh, as much yeah, as yeah, I yeah. can because of the fact that I'm a percussion instrument mm-hmm. use some air. And yeah. I'll use this pipe I have. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's two completely different worlds, actually. Yeah. That you guys. Have. I like I like yeah. singing when I'm conducting though. Oh yeah. Like when, when I was when I was conducting some stuff recently, I like I mm-hmm. I felt like uh, I don't know there's something cool about just singing with the choir or singing with the ensemble when mm-hmm. you're when you're conducting and that kind of makes them feel like you're with them and you can also you know I mean you can lead them in this way you know yeah it's they kind can of hear it, you and yeah no i'm not that they can hear you but you're mouthing the words with them and you can kind of pick like this i mean I'm, I'm singing but because there's seven of them like i'm not i'm not singing as loud as they are and they can they're actually trained singers so like they're projecting much better than i can project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and i'm facing them so no one can hear me because my back is to the audience you know right they can't see what you're doing with yeah face. but i quite i like it i really like that but no singing under the, under the shower no no i, I sing uh shana says i sing constantly but oh, I, I don't okay. know you do it subconsciously. I also make sounds of like, like if there, if there was like a siren going by, I'd be like, <gasps> sirens in Copenhagen. I realize yeah. goes d- go down a four. 
Wow. It's a sharpened fourth and go up and down. Um, yeah, but then don't forget about the Doppler effect. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh. You get some shifts and stuff. <laughs> oh. A bunch of nerds here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta bring yeah, some we are terminology. The, we're the soloists. You know? <laughs> yeah, do Solo. you feel like a sense of status no. now that you're a soloist and almost a graduated soloist? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I don't know how much is. I, I don't know how much has changed. Like, I, and of course, at this school, there is yeah. there is no hierarchy really. It's at least it, it doesn't come through. And it, yeah, and that's, that's a cool thing. I like that. I, I, I like that. Like, you can have. There's no like the first year. I just remember being in jazz school. Like first year bachelors would like grovel to like the fourth years, and then like if there was a master's student, you would. And if you got like a gig from a master's student, it was yeah. like wow. And one of the teachers gave you a gig, then it was just like whoa. whoa. You know, I really. Yeah. I'm really in the game now. Yeah, yeah. Whereas here, it's like I've done gigs, I've done recordings, and Matt's done the same. Like we've we've both done recordings with our, like the teachers here. Yeah. We've done we're on albums with them. You know, we we do gigs with them. We do gigs with first years, and it's not like there's any there's no thought behind it at all. It's just like cool. Yeah. It's like there's no like at that point there's not like oh I'm playing with his first year and I'm or you know anything like that it's like it's just like cool another cool project no. as long as it is cool. as it is yeah I mean <laughs> wow wow okay I had to go there so now it comes I out. had to go there no, <laughs> <laughs> no but I I wholeheartedly agree I think that's something that's part of what makes this place special yep. and why you know yeah. in in our case we've wanted to be here you've been here a little longer because I was, it was yeah, yeah. Well, you did your bachelor's no 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 just the master's ah, okay. yeah, no but Matt traveled around. I traveled around a little bit, right. so he's been here a yeah. year longer than me. But anyways, we spent, you know, in my case, three years. You're going to spend four years, and mm-hmm. yeah. there's a reason why, you know, and we continued, right, you know, right on from the, the Masters. Right, right, on, on. right on, right on, yeah, right on, right on, right on. And there's, I, you know, it's, there is something here, and I think we're both ready to move on. Like, yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. At least mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about that a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, like, we're going to cherish this for a long time, we're gonna have a lot of reflections in ten years. We're gonna like, you know, oh, we're that, gonna remember a lot of the, days, the little, those days know, in RMC, uh, the details. Time. But I think it's also for it to be a good time. It can't last forever. Yeah. I think like yeah, there's, you have an expiry, yeah, expiry date. Yeah, Ooh, and and even dark. like uh, yeah, I mean, oh, well, you do. That, I mean, I wasn't meaning it like that, but you, we're yeah. all gonna die. But like you know, <laughs> yeah. never it's forget. Dark really soon. <laughs> yeah, and even even. Um, it, like Tobin, you know, our, our basically the solo. He was yeah. up until a little while ago the director of the oh, soloist okay. studies and also mm-hmm. working with master and etc. He he said, you know, he he says like, you know, yeah, like when I first got this job, like mm-hmm. I forget on 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 how he got it, but it was basically when he get, when he came into the the school, the person he was replacing said, hey, you know, if I have one piece of advice for you is like stay here, stay here six seven years, but then don't don't abuse it, like don't. Don't grow roots here. Yeah, don't don't uh, kind of connecting to Calm's point. Don't like yeah. yeah milk it, milk it, milk it, so that it becomes this kind of redundant thing. I mean, this is where yeah. you get like with orchestras. Not that you know, all power to people hanging in orchestra jobs for like fifty years. But like you know, like this is where you get like you know, eighty-year-old percussionists in a, a symphony. And it's just like, come on, yeah. like let some young people come in, or let yeah. someone with a different like you know. It is also very cool to get that job. So I can, I mean, and I, who's saying I would do anything differently? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it should, there should be something where we're just on a rotation, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, because I mean, like, you yeah. want to, you want to have it, like, you want to be fresh. And like, I know, I know for like us, like for me to be giving my best, I need to feel like I'm not. I, 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 what's that? Familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, uh, like I, uh, you, you stay here long oh, enough, sucks, Lee, yeah. you start being like, yeah, man, you know. And it's like you forget that there's like Steinways and most rules. 
rooms and and matt can retune a piano mm. and like you know i, I can do it and like we, we just get you know we pretty much get whatever we ask for at get school. used to the luxury yeah and you yeah. start it's like the you know i only want a blue m&m in my you know <laughs> like you know like it becomes real like yeah, let's yeah, forget yeah. like we're in paradise we're in the promised land you know yeah. and I, for me to keep this i, I, I like we we're just ready to leave yeah. you know, in the coolest possible way well that's nice i hope that uh, some of the teachers here listen to the podcast and can hear you say those beautiful words yeah. wow, of your wow. lovely time here at rmc before graduating yes. i know that we didn't do a lot of music that's i apologize nice, i guess this is more of a talking episode i'm you gonna matt to play you out this piano over there <laughs> go on maybe later maybe hey but later. you're gonna edit like half of this now <laughs> not now but <laughs> it'll take me some nights to edit this in. Oh, this shit edit this <laughs> shit out can you just put in like really smart things so when i speak it's just like it's like a cornucopia of promised land and it's like i don't know just make me sound really smart okay yeah. but i had the last question actually oh okay um, my manager didn't screen this question so i'm a bit nervous <laughs> diva did, 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 did our lawyers check this out the 13 year old kid we just we need a sidebar for a second the 13 year old yeah. duncan duncan <laughs> the, my question is and i'm sorry if this is a bit heavy but uh, what what's one thing you would like to do before you die I feel like I am pretty okay with death, <laughs> but like I just like I don't I don't think I have anything like I, I like I just need to keep making music. Okay. I just need to keep like I've just I found what I I'm here to do, uh, oh, and I'll like nice. I'll kind of like yeah I don't know I don't know how to explain it without sounding too dramatic, but like I'll just say that like I I really this is I just need to keep making these the things i'm doing i don't think there's a lot of people who are able to say that like, yeah i i, I, I actually do. like and i i recognize that i've only come into this in the last couple of years and i also recognize that uh, this feeling might leave one day mm. i'm not i'm not expect i'm not i, I hope it leaves yeah, it stays with me but yeah. I, I i it might also leave but like i just need to keep alive to do that <laughs> i've also got a kid on the way so like i, you I got also, a kid on the yeah, way yeah 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 so i should what? i need to keep alive uh, yeah like the, i need to keep alive <laughs> Yeah. breaking news no no you're mad, mad i didn't really. know now well you know you know thank you thank you um but like <laughs> his I saw, name duncan <laughs> yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's it's my lawyer <laughs> you know it's a very cheap legal representation oh, wow. to have like your partner give birth to your lawyer, lawyer. Mm -hmm. great prospects yeah, yeah you just gotta keep keep it going um but yeah i think like I, I feel like now i have to keep alive for this thing but yeah i feel like i've i don't have anything on my bucket list anymore yeah but that's not like i don't have stuff to do i just feel like this incredible burden to just like keep alive so you do this stuff that you're doing because it's yeah. really important to yourself not you know yeah. i don't i don't have any fake illusions of my art being necessary to mankind or mm -hmm. something humankind but just like yeah that's another discussion like who do you make music for yeah 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 i mean of course i want the you know that's a whole yeah, yeah, yeah. you know i'm just saying that in a very very positive way mm -hmm. i have nothing you know other than just this burden <laughs> good burden of making art yeah you're, you're pretty content content no but oh. like but in a good way not content not satisfied like hungry okay. yeah, that's where i'm can at have now. a positive or a negative connotation but in your case it's positive yeah i'm that's now good. hoping that matt says something like super... something about prenatal yeah oh. yeah you know i'm hoping you're like nah, i just really want to pass that football one last time <laughs> <laughs> you know, i really need to swim that tennis racket oh. in the open breeze <laughs> have you ever have you ever ridden down an open roadway on the back of a horse Eating felt the wind tub. in your hair yeah i mean uh one last sauna 
<laughs> to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of the question. No, I have to you say, can, uh, Matt's actually it. not going to die, so it doesn't. Oh. It's not actually I, applicable. I don't plan. To yeah, I'm not planning. Okay, but then maybe not without the death thing involved. What's one thing that you really want to do in anything in the whole wide world? I mean, uh, I I want to continue to make time to to go on these exploratory trips in kind of these ethnically rich places. And I've done mm. a bit of that, and mm. I want to do a lot more. That, for me, is I, I'm on the same page with Callum in terms of, like, mm-hmm. at this point in my life, I'm thinking about how do I sustain it, you know? Because yeah. so many people stop doing, stop being creative at a certain point of their life. And there's very few, um, whatever, let's, let's just call them artists for the sake of it, mm-hmm. that, like, continue to, to challenge themselves throughout life and into to the end of life. Like, very, very few, I, in my opinion. And so, I, and actually, over, I thought about this for actually a long time. And we've talked about it a little bit, mm. me and Calum. And those are the people actually that give me the most influence and inspiration. Mm. I've noticed. Are those the ones that are like making, you know, someone like uh, top of my head, this Henry Thread girl I've mentioned yeah. before, and and mm. he's making, in my opinion, that's not about better, or best, whatever the word is. It's not about that. It's just he's making some of the best music he's ever written, okay. and he's in his late seventies and. You know, yeah. this is a he's from Chicago, Amer- American uh, saxophonist composer. I mean, that is for me is extremely inspiring. Mm. And how do you maintain that? And so for yeah. me, that involves I think it it, it involves um, enriching my kind of these exploratory adventures. Yeah, like not and getting stuck in a comfortable bubble. Exactly, like and and yeah. and that's just and that's that's for me. So you know, if I have the money in the future to mm. take a vacation, I'm not going to go to Hawaii. You know, hopefully, you know, I'm going to go to that that place that is going to open my eyes to some new sounds, yeah. for instance. Yeah. It's nourishing, right? It's just, I want That's nourishing. Yeah. 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 It's like, it could be, um, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about like what gives you rest and, and, and mm-hmm. don't, yeah, obviously you don't, you don't need to go to a beach to get that. You can mm-hmm. actually be nourished by seeing something new that yeah. you were totally unexpecting or no, never expecting to yeah. see. Yeah. I mean, I used to, when I was in, when I was 18, 19, I would make these, you know, and even in school, they would say, make a two-year plan. Okay, make a five-year mm. plan. Make a 10-year plan. Wow. Oof. What do you see when you're, when, when you're like, what are you going to do when you're 45? You know, something like this. I actually had an, uh, an assignment. It was, uh, and it was actually one of my favorite assignments of yeah. my old bachelor's back in Vancouver because it forced me to really foresee some things that I wanted to do. I'm not really in that right now. I'm too uh, too uh, too hectic to really. We're to just trying of, to graduate. Yeah, <laughs> just like you. I'm yes. real like trying to avoid mental illness right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a nutshell, drink no, it, but, drink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm, okay, I'm uh, kind of joking. But um, I think it's it's about uh, that's a beautiful staying answer. open to these yeah. old, experiences, experiences abroad, for instance. Yeah. yeah, I was sure that you guys were gonna say something about making one less sandwich together or something. Oh, well, you could edit it out, and we can say <laughs> what we really want in sync. It's just a, making a sandwich. Make a croque monsieur, but with the right, you know, has to be the right toasted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also the Dijon. Whoever made yeah. the Dijon can't have fucked it up. Because oh. it's you know you have to you have to mix it with the Dijon with Dijonese right yeah. yeah whoever made that Perfect. batch the week before Chiboda, <laughs> I know that you were on I don't no. know if you made that but 
No, no, no. <laughs> I can see you that. should pop by for a sandwich. I would love a sandwich. The composers will make you a sandwich. Oh. I want to really. I wanted to. We both were releasing albums while we've been working there, and wow. I really wanted to have a thing where we would like come and get a CD, and I'll make you a sandwich. That's <laughs> and like, and you get a sandwich and a CD. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should. You should still do that. You still have some vinyls left. I could work. Yeah, and I could also like probably pull a couple of shifts whenever. It's a very. You should. You could work there tomorrow if you really wanted to. <laughs> it really is a beautiful place. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. I love sandwiches, so it's a win-win mm-hmm, situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a Great. win-win. It's a sandwich. That's too sandwich. far. No, I couldn't do it, but if we, yeah, I have to think about it. I'll cut this out for you. Um, thank you, Canada. Thank you, Australia, for you know being Belgians. Little San, San, like San Victory, like Sandwichery. San Vic- San, I'm, I'm not working on it. Good God, on, I don't know. <laughs> the sandwich thing is done. Okay. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being my guest today and for the great talks. It was very inspiring. Um, this is my last episode. And Ever? It was or are you going to do another not season? Not sure yet. What season not are we sure in now? The second season. Wow. No, but thank you so much. Yeah, take care and uh, ride on. <laughs> ride on? Ride on. you have yeah. anything else to say to the Belgian listeners? Well, I was going to talk a little about transducers to close. Is that okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking. Okay. No, I, I had was... a great time. Thanks for... Yeah, yeah, I had a great time. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Anytime. Okay. And if you're in Copenhagen, just come to Bangor Jensen and yes, uh, Madame Callum going to make you a nice old uh, croque monsieur. And a vinyl. <laughs> yeah, and a vinyl. Man, I really scared vinyl. you guys with the transducers. That was I great. really thought I, you were going to do that. I looked into your guys' eyes and you were like, bad <laughs> the, idea. The, and you were like, oh the my butt, God. The butt kicker, man. Yeah, the butt kicker. We keep talking about this uh, transducer on the ground that will kick everyone's butts. Cause it's like, oh, <laughs> that's what they have in like 3D theaters. 40. Mm, 40 now yeah it like sprays water it's like someone's sneezing on you oh my no but in all honesty people just talk to pj if if they want to know about transducers yeah Yeah. Yeah. talk to pj nine seven six two five eight seven nine that's how do you know his number (laughs) 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 but are you going to do this thing where you just fade this conversation out as music fades in? yes probably and then we'll laugh for you (laughs) (laughs) what an honor Thank you.